1: Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Angie Willoughby, aka The Green Baker, out of Palm Beach County, Florida. She actually, we're talking cannabis. We're talking how things have legalized in Florida and how entrepreneurs have taken it among themselves to, you know, like jump right in. So Angie, welcome to the show. How you doing?
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk cannabis it's like my favorite subject so <laughs> okay okay and we're gonna
1: t- we're gonna talk that for sure but you were talking about you know rescheduling the interview and it was like I get it because like myself you are now
0: a full-blown teacher with this homeschooling thing so Man, it yeah. is a struggle look I'm I'm about to like throw the whole school thing away I'm about to just like just just throw it away just forget about it whatever he needs to learn he'll learn later on in life
1: (laughs) well well you know i always tell my kids and i I have two two girls and i always say teaching starts at home because i'm not you know don't bring that columbus discovered anything we're going to do a full report okay Um, (laughs) And, 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 you know, so we've been doing this. We've been homeschooling, but this is at a different level because it's someone else's curriculum.
0: That's the thing, you know, and, and, you know, I was very adamant with his teacher before we even started. You know, she called to, like, because he's starting in a new school, and she's like, oh, I kind of want to get to know him. And I'm like, look, we're going to do it my way. Like, I know y'all got a whole rule book that y'all have to go by and the school board and all this stuff but i'm gonna do what works best for me and i'm gonna do what works best for my child and you know it may not always be what y'all are gonna do or what you, what you what's in the agenda but you know he learns every day and like you said learning starts at home and that's definitely you know something that has always been a part of his life you know so just because it's not the state sanctioned, you know, learning, <laughs> you know, but he's definitely we're doing we're doing our own thing. So yeah, it, it's good. Well,
1: keep an eye out on them. Just a warning out there, I had a, a I had a PE teacher tell my oldest, you can't drink while I'm giving instruction. She was drinking water or something. And I said, Hold on, we at home. Um <laughs> and if you were in PE class, you can drink anytime you want because if you pass out that's a lawsuit, so exactly. we, 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 we'll, we'll correct that for you. Don't don't trip. <laughs> I'm going to make you a smoothie uh, during that class next time and hand oh it gosh. in a butler's uniform and <laughs> wait for somebody to say what you can or can't do at home. Uh, yeah, no,
0: that's, that's crazy. Let, let's be happy that the kids are even attending, okay? Let's, 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 let's move from there and then, you know, move, on, move forward from there are they here? Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the first challenge, because I know so many parents that had, you know, just technical issues. And once again, like everything, it's uncovering all of the faults and all of the cracks in in the system that we have, you know, and the access to, you know, reliable, you know, internet service, something that everybody should have, you know, and I don't know if I can curse. Sorry about this drop an F-bomb, but
1: (laughs) you you can say what you want to say. Sometimes, you know, algorithms say, hey, they're, you say what you want to (laughs) say. I I just,
0: I want to be respectful. I won't be coming up in somebody else's house, dropping F-bombs. But, you know, I just, I just think that it it shows the lack of, um, you know, the resources that are out there. And I mean, I feel like we should feel more empowered as parents to be able to teach our children whatever we want and especially being a black parent, you know, which there's a whole other history, you know, that our children need to understand and learn that maybe we never got, you know, that um, access to until we were older and we were out of that system. So it's like, dude, be happy that they're even attending because that in and of itself is a challenge, you know, and um, yeah, so I just think it's about really empowering people. and. I, I use that a lot. Even in cannabis, I use that a lot. It's about empowering people to take control of their own lives, you know? So uh, I think that's important. Awesome. Awesome. And, and let's talk. I
1: wanted to, you know, lay out the groundwork that entrepreneurs have to be multifaceted parents and all type of other titles. What got you into doing this business? Cause this to me being from California and seeing how, uh, cannabis has legalized in various states. I remember being in high school i 'm talking way back in the gap when California you know and Hawaii were like the only states that yeah. even medical um, and now to see entrepreneurs like yourself at your house, um, do you ever get I mean how did you start Are you, do you ever get timid scared because the law's not always
0: on our side. Yeah. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. And especially being a Black woman, (laughs) you know, it's a- Hello. There's there's a whole other level of, um, you know, kind of hesitation. And I think that that's why so many of us who look like me and look like you um, are very hesitant to even get into the legal side of it, you know, because it's just history history has you know really shown us that we're not always given the benefit you know we're not always given the um not only the tools and the access and the capability to do it but we're usually at a deficit which makes it even harder and even worse you know um and so yeah there was there's definitely um hesitation especially in the beginning um you know because I have a family because I have you know a child, I have a wife, I have partners, you know, and so um I think it was more so yo, we know that this is happening, we know that this is we know legalization is going to happen like full legalization, we know it's going to happen, we just don't know when we don't know what it's going to look like, how would how how the powers that be are going to lay out those rules right um But I think it is so important, you know, after getting over that fear and talking to my family and my parents know what I do, they're 100% supportive. Because honestly, at the end of the day, when I wasn't thinking about the popo, I was thinking about my parents. (laughs) And like, what were they gonna say? Like, oh, their daughter's, you know, in weed. And, you know, my parents are of that era, you know, where it was dare and it was, you know, the crack epidemic and it was, you know, that's a drug, you stay away from it. That's, you know, that's a gateway, you know, that's the first step into becoming an addict, you know? And so I had to battle with their preconceived and what they were indoctrinated into, you know, and now they're my biggest supporters. And so once they got on board, and once I realized that some of us have to take that step, so that way the rest of us know that it's okay, then mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm doing it, you know? And you just, I think there's a fear with any sort of entrepreneurship, but even more so when it is is in such a gray area like cannabis is. Um, but I think representation is important. Seeing people out there doing it is important that they know, okay, all right, if Ange is doing it, then maybe maybe I can, maybe I can get into this. Maybe I can do this because I'm gonna tell you right now, the people that are running the show here in Florida, are gonna make it as difficult as possible. And I'm sure that's in other states also, they're making it as difficult as possible, you know, um, to have any minorities um, get into this game. You know, the financial barriers, the legislative barriers. um, And then, like I said, just that built-in fear, you know, that we have as black and brown people that it's like, yeah, a white person can do this, but my black ass try and do this? Oh no, you know, (laughs) like, We'll, so, well, break break down
1: those um those barriers because some folks, I mean, um, I saw your video. You know, edibles just became legal in the state of
0: Florida, but you, well, they've been legal. They've been legal for about three years, but they have not been able to um, release them because the Department of Health, who was in charge of creating the regulation, what the parameters are, hadn't released those rules yet. So edibles were actually legal here in Florida for about three years. So it took three years for them to finally put into writing what mm-hmm. the legislation was, what the rules were, and how they were supposed to dispense it, what was what is the packaging supposed to look like, all of those really nuanced rules and regulations that they had to put into place. So those finally came out because I can tell you, um, one of the biggest dispensaries here approached me about becoming their edible chef and and that was damn near almost two years ago you know so yeah. we've been having this conversation for a very long time you know but they just didn't have the rules in place and so the rules have finally dropped i already know a couple of dispensaries like truly you know that are ready you know have like some gummy like kind of candy and they're working with outside edibles companies in uh fully legal states to bring in chocolates and different things of that nature. Um, Now that the regulation, you know, we have those rules in place. So there is still a a lot of barriers as far as going, you know, circling back around to the beginning of your question. Um, There are a lot of barriers still when it comes to being a THC, because THC is very different from CBD and hemp. CBD and hemp is federally legal and it is also legal here in the state of Florida. So if you wanted to have a CBD bakery, which is what I have along with a lot of other stuff, then you can get your license, you can get your permit, you can um, operate as a fully, you know, sanctioned and legal business. Now, if you wanted to get into the THC business, that is not going to happen. You know, you would need Um, Here, the way that the legislation was written up here in Florida, um, our um, marijuana program is a completely um, vertical integrated um, system. So that means that if you wanted to get into the THC or become a medical marijuana treatment center, you would have to own that seed from the ground all the way through till retail when you sell it. So um, that means you would have to be a grower, a processor, a curer—you uh, know, all of these different things. So myself, like, I'm obviously I'm not growing my own plants, although I would love to <laughs> if Florida would let us. Um, if I were to say, hey, I want to get in and I just want to provide butters and oils for people to make their own edibles. I could not do that because I would have to own the whole process from beginning to end. And that is a very expensive and a very extensive process to go through, which the normal person does not have access to. You have to have all kinds of bonds and securities and insurance and all kinds of things that make it financially inaccessible for people but also just all of the um, legalese and all of the legislation that's in place. There's things that you have to have, things that are required for you to even move up the ladder and through that process. And so that's why here in Florida, there are only five companies that are dispensaries because they have the means, they have the money, they have the access to be able to own that cannabis plant from the ground, from seed all the way to sale. So they're able to do that. So unlike a lot of other states like Colorado and um, I think Oregon, they have a horizontal. So that means that you can come in at any point of that travel, any point of that access of that cannabis to then market and sell and produce um, your wares. Well, your so let's say if I was in Colorado and I said, hey, I'm an edibles maker and I extract edible, I extract oil, the THC out of this oil, and I sell the oil for people to make their own thing, I would be able to do that. There's regulation in place. Break it down, break it
1: down for, because I've been in Florida for two months and I'm just trying, you got a JD degree I see in this and a (laughs) PhD, your license is called a TBC?
0: So this, my the license that I currently have, the permit permitting because it's not even a license you can't Uh get a license the permit that i have is for a cbd or hemp infused products so i can get cbd flour i can infuse it through the exact same process that i would do with a thc flour extract it make it into an edible make it into an oil a butter a sugar whatever i want and i can sell that legally here in florida
1: but it has to be the hemp Not necessarily
0: the, 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 so it cannot be the THC if you want to do it legally. Now, Mm -hmm. there's lots of people that are in the gray market, and the gray market will continue to thrive here in Florida, um, you know, where you can do THC and you can do the same exact process, but obviously it would not be legal, right? Well, I want to
1: break that legal part just so people know because I'd hate for someone to call you and say, Hey, um, is will your product get them on cloud nine if they buy it?
0: Well, they would need to have a conversation with me about that.
1: <laughs> okay. 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 I, 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 I got you because you know, <laughs> like I just bought a freezer, right? And the thing gets cold, but it's not deep freezing. And I'm like, hold on. That's not what I paid for. So I want to make sure when people hear Correct. this, they hear it and also make sure that, they um, understand that you are a legal business, and so only not trying to come and hemmer up um, because the feds are always listening. They um, are <laughs> yeah. i And I've been here two months prior. I was in Seattle, Washington, where things, I mean, it's wide open to the point where I don't want anybody to go to jail or prison for anything that they do that doesn't harm anyone. But yeah. I don't like the way Seattle has it. Cause I'm raising kids and I got billboards of cannabis. I got in front of the church billboards of cannabis and they can't mm-hmm. even do that with liquor. And you're like, yeah. hold on. Like we, I mean, everything, you know, you, we coming out of church and, and I'm getting a contact high. You know, I'm, I, I, which high am I on? And so, and this is, let's understand this, people. This is medicine. I mean, people, yes,
0: it definitely is.
1: This is medicine. So people can use it, but I should also have a choice of when I don't want to smell it because you can have edibles, you can have oils, but some folks are addicted to the social being, like an alcoholic, of just smoking.
0: So, Correct, yeah. how much is a permit for what you have. Um, So to get um, the CBD hemp permit, it's um, about $650. And that has to be renewed annually. So every year you have to go through the Department of Health, get inspected. You know, um, you have to have, you know, there's certain requirements. You have to be in a commercial kitchen. You have to have, you know, Obviously, of course, especially because I am in food, so food safety is an issue on top of them regulating that it is really CBD. (laughs) Um, You know, so we always want to make sure that we're keeping people safe. And honestly, that's in anything, but, you know, more so because I come from that uh, arena of being in culinary, you know, food safety is a huge issue. Um, We're seeing more now um, that, uh, like, just recently there was... um, Extra testing being done to flour because of a lot of heavy metals, pesticides, different things that are being found in flour that are in dispensaries now, legal dispensaries. Um, you know, so now the dispensaries are required to do extra enhanced testing, laboratory testing. Um, so you know, the safety of you already have someone who is maybe medically compromised. You know, and then now they're coming to you for medicine right? And that medicine then contains heavy metals or pesticides or things that can really exasperate an illness that someone might have. So, you know, we're still in the infancy stage here in Florida. You know, the medical marijuana, um, you know, canvas has been, it's very, very new, <laughs> you know, especially compared to states like California and states like Colorado and, you know these states that have for a for decades had, um, you know, a medical marijuana program in place, we are just, just starting here in Florida, you know? So um, things are still very new. We're still learning a lot, you know, and trying to kind of understand what does that look like? We don't wanna necessarily be California, right? We have to be Florida. We have to cater it to what Florida looks like, who we are, what we're about, you know? But there are a lot of things that we can learn from those legalized states, you know, and how they're doing things and bring it over here and and cater it to to what it is that the patients need here in Florida. Um, You know, there is this, um, you know, getting into uh, CBD and hemp, um, especially I always advocate for black and brown people to get into that arena because we already kind of know that the medical marijuana side is. Um, completely hemmed up until they change any sort of regulation, which I don't see them doing that anytime in the near future. Um, You know, or unless we get fully legal, you know, full recreational, you know, um, uh, 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 marijuana program. But, you know, hemp and, and CBD are incredible markets for my brothers and sisters to be in, because that is the market after they kind of saw how they, kind of jacked up the medical marijuana side you know we had some really incredible uh you know politicians get elected into office um like nikki freed and like you know and then nikki freed brought in holly bell and they took their time to really um uh, structure the CBD and hemp bill bill here in Florida a lot differently than the medical marijuana side, and so they 've made it they listened to people they listened to what went wrong, what was happening with the medical marijuana side, why people were frustrated and upset about it, and they really really made a very conscious effort to make it more accessible so I would encourage anyone that is, you know, here in the state of Florida, at least, you know, other states, of course, legislation is very different. Every state is different. So please do your research. But here in the state of Florida, I encourage black and brown people to get into the CBD agricultural hemp and industrial hemp industries here. It does cost money. It is an expense, you know, it's not like, you know, you can just throw a couple dollars at it. It is a process but it is much more accessible and not to mention much more um, wealth generating than the medical marijuana side, right? Because we know hemp could be used for a myriad of different things. And especially because of the way that our world is going, trying to not rely so much on fossil fuels, trying to get away from plastics, trying to get away from all of these different things, hemp is going to be the next clean energy. And if we can get into it now before everyone else kind of gets into it and kind of like muddies the water, then I feel like that is going to be the most profitable and the most generational wealth um, creating that we can do with, within the cannabis space. Yes, it's not your normal get you high weed that most of us are in or want to be in, but it is a very practical way to get into this industry there is so much that we do not know about cannabis still. You know, there is so much research that hasn't been done because it is still a schedule one drug, um, that this is really, I feel like our opportunity to stake our claim, you know, and really get into this industry in a way that is gonna create wealth, not only for ourselves, but also try to um, counterbalance, you know, that war on drugs, that social equity piece is really important. So we need to get in and get our chunk of this. We're do it. We're, we, are, we are owed it, you know? And so the more that we can have more of us in this industry, I feel like that is us getting what we deserve,
1: you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, um, organization, I mean, I already know who the president can be uh, of that to get the people in. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, um, Commissioner uh, Nikki Fried who, again, I'm just learning all this and I'm seeing how she's like, I'm gonna make sure that you can have your card and keep your concealed carry. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know truck drivers were concerned. Can they still do their, you know, CDL? And, yeah. and you know, and just to have a, a, whatever a normal life is. Um, Have you found yourself having to like meet politicians? Like, did you have to meet Nikki? Or do you know her and other politicians? And and how has that benefited you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I I feel like... When I first started this journey, um, you know, two years ago, it was, it's crazy how you start things and you don't know where the road is going to take you. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I started my business kind of with one thing in mind, like, oh, I'm just a chef. I've been a chef for 20 years. That is where my my strength is, that is my training, that is my, you know, and so I'm like, I'm gonna take what I know, what I've learned and use this in cannabis, you know? And so that's what I started doing. And so I kind of just had this kind of like one vision in mind. And as I evolved and started to grow my business and I started to begin to see the lack of education that was out there for my customers, um, the lack of representation that was out there Um, the fact that, first of all, I was scared to get into an industry, you know, because of who I am, you know? And so all of these things kind of created this, like, momentum. And once I was in this industry, I began to realize that you cannot be in this industry in any way, shape, or form unless you are willing to advocate. You cannot. You cannot be or say that you are an equitable cannabis business if you are not thinking about the social injustice, the social equity, the reparations, and the advocacy and education that is needed in this industry. So that then became my everything. I was like, wait, I, you know, I can't be in this industry and people are completely ignorant to what is going on. I can't be in this industry and be the only brown person in a room full of white people. You know, I can't be in this industry trying to get ahead, trying to create wealth for myself and my family and forget about the hundreds, thousands of people that are in jail doing the exact same thing that people are getting paid money to do. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly see myself being in this industry and not address that in some way. Can you put so, money
1: down? Because, you know, you want people to get in this, but until sometimes they see you in a Rolls Royce or whatever they envision, <laughs> they're not going to be like, I don't I, know. I'm
0: what not going to afford escape, people. I... <laughs> <laughs> I ain't rolling like that yet, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but what is the realistic,
1: you know, income potential and also let them know what they're going to have to invest. You're going to have to invest X amount of dollars minimum to even make, this many dollars?
0: You know, I think with any sort of industry, when you become an entrepreneur, you, you're you crazy. That's number one, <laughs> but you're a good crazy. Um, but, you know, you really take the cap off of that per hour, right? You take, you no longer want it to be tied to whatever a person, an industry, uh, organization felt like you were worth, right? So I understand that with any business, there needs to be an investment. You need to invest in that business. And that investment will be time. That investment will be education. That investment will be money, you know? As far as becoming, I, I can't really speak to um, industrial hemp, like if you wanted to become like a grower or if you wanted to become, you know, a processor. What you're doing, doing what you're doing right now. like if yeah, I can only speak to my, my slice of it, you know. And so between the permits that you have to do, the taxes, you have to find a location, you have to, you know, have packaging, marketing, you know, all these different things, whether... The degree to which you want to invest depends really on what you want to do. You know, how big of an operation do you want to have? How much do you want to grow? How much do you want to scale? You know, and so the permitting alone, like I said, is $650. Then you have your additional, you have to find a space that you can work out of because you cannot do it from your home. And that was one of the first questions that I posed to Nikki Fried and Holly Bell when I you know, started on this journey because, you know, here in Florida, there's cottage food law. So you're able to produce certain things within your home as long as you're not making a certain amount of money. Um, and so that's how I was able to start off because I knew of the cottage food law. Um, and so I was like, does this apply to people that are working in their home, you know, and I'm making cakes or cookies? Um, and so that was one of the first things that they were like, no, you need to have a, uh, you know, a kitchen that you're producing out of that can be inspected by the health department to make sure there's food safety in place. Um, so there's the cost of that, you know, then getting your, getting your, you know, your business tax receipt, which is another couple hundred dollars, making sure that you have insurance. Once again, maybe five to $600, you could shop that around, stuff like that. So I would say between marketing all in costs your permitting your tax receipt your insurance you know and that that's obviously fixed costs right because your supply of what you're getting meaning your flour your flour meaning your cbd flour and also your flour your sugar your oils your butters that fluctuates right so that's an that's a, a variable cost right but these things are kind of like static costs. And so with, those, with all of those items, I would say with $5,000, you can get all of your permitting, all of your business tax receipt, your insurance, you know, your rental location um, and be good to go. You know, everything else is a variable cost. You can price things out, what your packaging is gonna look like. How much of it are you gonna have? Are you gonna have a little bit, or are you gonna have a lot? You know, all of those things are variables and you can kind of cost that out depending on how much business you're doing. Um, but with $5,000, you can secure a CBD edibles, industrial hemp edible, um, permitting, licensing, tax receipt, location, insurance, which are basically the things that you need to get started. You know, that everything else is kind of like, you know, you just go out there and figure it out. <laughs> and what's the, 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 the
1: potential, because somebody will say, can 5K make me, you know, 50,000? Or can it make me, you know, more? Absolutely. What,
0: where, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, that is, to me, the hustle, right? That's going to be the hustle. That's going to be your marketing. That's going to be, you know, your branding. Um, those are the things that are going to make a difference because currently, right now, CBD is available everywhere. (laughs) You can get CBD at the gas station. You can get CBD at, you know, Walgreens. You can get CBD everywhere. I mean, it is literally the catchphrase of, I don't know, maybe the, the decade. You know, it's like everybody's talking about CBD. But it's really about your branding, your marketing, um, your integrity as, a, as a, a brand and a product, um, you know, to me, I feel like the sky is the limit. I can take this wherever it is, um, wherever I want to take it. Um, you know, and a lot of that relies on, you know, you could be a wholesaler, you can sell directly to customers or you could sell to other businesses, you know, so you could do a business to business wholesale. Um, that's a whole other arena, you know? So the potentiality of where you can go, and mind you, that's a, that's another license. So they have two licenses. You can either, uh, two permits. You can get one where it's wholesale or you can get one that's retail. So like you sell to customers, that's 650. If you wanted to be able to do wholesale, that's another 650 to do business to business. So meaning you're not selling to customers, you're selling to a coffee shop that wants to have, CBD muffins in their coffee shop, right? So you can get either one or you can get both. That's not, you know, there's no um, restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way that they're going to, um, when they come out to inspect you, they're just going to make sure that that is what you're doing. If it's wholesale, that you're not selling directly to customers, or if you have both, then they'll permit you depending on whether you have both or one or the other, you know? So this honestly, the sky is the limit. That's that's how I feel when it comes to this. Not to mention, you can work with farmers because it is, not, it is not vertically integrated because you don't have to have a monopoly on the whole plant. You can work with farmers. You can work, you know, we can work as a collective and as a cooperative. You know, you can have stake in a farm and that farm is where you get your CBD and then that CBD is what you make into your product. You know, so there is... Because of the very wise choices that Nikki Freed and Holly Bell did, which I was able to meet Holly Bell on one occasion in Orlando, um, you know, and she understood, you know, I voiced my concern. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, the medical marijuana program has completely locked hundreds and hundreds of people out of the running, you know, to be able to get into this arena. And, you know, and she, literally said to me she was like we are going to work really hard to get this hemp program in place and she's like and that is where you guys will be able to really come in and be able to thrive and you know she really stuck by her word and 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 absolutely did that you know and i I commend them uh, for taking that heat because there were a lot of angry people and there still are a lot of angry people of how you know the medical marijuana program got started here in Florida but Um, You know, I think that is, once you are in this arena, there are so many avenues that you can take. There are so many ways to collaborate and build cooperatively um, in this arena. And because it is not vertically integrated, it's horizontally integrated, you can come in in just one area. If I wanted to say, look, all I wanna do are edibles. I I don't wanna think about a farm. I don't wanna think about where my seed's coming from. I can totally do that. If I decide, hey, well now I want to stake in a farm and I want to I want to, you know, have invest money back from my business that I'm making edibles back into the farm that makes my CBD flower, I can totally do that because there is none of that vertical integration. So I could be in the farming and also in the edibles, you know. How, so I mean, literally you met, you've no met
1: with politicians and you know maybe you've gone to some of the fancy expensive dinners. Um, what? How does somebody get involved and even find out about those you know dinners and those conferences? Also, too, let us know if you've had any legal issue because you know sometimes there's you know the feds have a different idea of how this thing is. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, yeah. so how do people find out and get into those ties so they can, you know, get
0: tied in if they want to get into it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, there's a lot of really great organizations. Um, Florida Can is one of them. That's F-L-C-A-N. They do a lot of um, lobbying in Tallahassee. Um, They keep people kind of up to date with what's going on here in Florida in the cannabis industry, Um, So Florida Can is one of them. Um, The Florida Hemp Council is really great. They are super informative. They have meetings on a regular basis. Um, The Florida Hemp Council. um, There are honestly (laughs) tons of resources. Minorities for Medical Marijuana is another really great, um, you know, organization. They have chapters all over the United States. They have a chapter here in Orlando, um, you know, so there are some really incredible resources if people want to get involved. There's a lot of information. It's almost like too much information <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, but better to be overeducated than completely naive and completely, un, you know, unaware of what's going on. But the ones just off the top of my head, like I said, is Florida Can, um, you know, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, um, the Florida Hemp Council. Um, and, uh, you know, the honestly, the Department of Agriculture is really great about pointing people in the right direction and what they want to go in. Once again, I have had personally really great, um, you know, experience with them. I am currently um, in... Uh, trying to, expanding, you know, and so in those growing pains, you know, I've decided to start a website. I have a commercial kitchen that I'm renting. I'm going to be starting videos and lessons and things like this. And so in this journey, there has been a lot of uh, grayness. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. There's been a lot of grayness, you know, um, like right now, Um, Trying to find payment processors are really difficult, you know, because, um, uh, you know, cannabis is still, even though it's legal on a federal level, there's still a lot of payment processors. You know, cannabis is not in the banking industry right now. If you go to a dispensary to get your medicine, you have to pay with cash. They do not take cards. They do not take debits, credits, none of that. Because cannabis, because it is not federally legal, you know it is still seen as a high risk, you know, industry. And so the banking industry hasn't even come into this arena yet. So it is still a cash business, you know. So I'm having to find different payment processors to be able to service my website. Um, trying to get my business tax receipt. Right now, the zoning department called me this morning. They called me and they were like, we're trying to find the regulation where it says that this is legal and we can't sign off on this because we don't know you know is this THC is it CBD what you know and i'm like i will send you the regulation i will send you my permitting i will send you you know so because we are the pioneers you know we are really the trailblazers in this state things are not 100% familiar yet you know and so that takes this extra work that takes extra steps Because people are still so jumpy about it. People are still so sketchy about it, you know? And so those are things that you have to be very aware of if you're coming into this industry. Give yourself time. You know, the Department of Agriculture is a wonderful resource. They will point you every single agency that I've dealt with from, you know, the city of West Palm Beach, the tax collector's office, the zoning department. Um, you know, the part of the the state of Florida business uh, licensing department. All of these agencies have been hella, hella, hella fucking helpful. <laughs> They've been very nice. Not your typical, like you know. I just think that the information isn't out there, and so you are having to educate people, even as you are still learning and educating yourself in this industry. Um, you know, and so. So far, you know, knock on wood, I have not had any major legal issues, you know, Um, but it's always in the back of your mind, you know, you stay prepared, you stay ready, you stay with regulation, you stay with, you know, that's why I'm so versed in this. Because if I had to tell someone, (laughs) hey, this is CBD, this is Delta 8 THC, which is fully legal, you know, I, you know, I have to be able to educate you know, because that could be the difference between me getting hemmed up or me not, you know? And so I think that is some of the resources that are out there where you can educate yourself about legislation, about, you know, licensing, um, about being able to get into the CBD and hemp industry. Um, those are some really great resources that people definitely should check out, um, if they're wanting to get in this industry. And I say, get in it now. Nikki Freed, Holly Bell, they are in office currently still. We know what can happen in four to six years, (laughs) you know? Things can change, you know what I'm saying? And so now is the time to, you know, think generationally, you know, get together, get together with friends, make a cooperative, get into this industry in the best way. We as Black people are smart about how we do things, you know? So let's use that wisdom to really, um, to our advantage, you know?
1: With all your success that you've had thus far, and it's so new still, what is your community
0: give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Everything's about community. (laughs) Honestly, everything is about community because... I literally started this business on Instagram. <laughs> like, that's how I started this business. I couldn't go out there and advertise. I couldn't put an ad out on the paper. I couldn't, you know, get a bus, a bus sign and said, hey, I'm the green baker, you know? like So I started in a place that I knew would embrace it in some way. Um, although Instagram can be a little funny sometimes, which they are. Um, But everything has been about community from the very beginning. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for that community. I wouldn't have the education that I have if it wasn't for that community and the people that I rely on. I always tell people, come to me with questions, ask me anything. If I don't know it, I know a myriad of people that I can go to and go, hey, I have this question from somebody. I don't know how to answer it, but I know you know the answer, (laughs) right? Everything is about community. Cannabis is a communal thing. You know, it has been from the very beginning. And just because the powers that be are in this industry now does not change that. It does not change that our communities have been impacted because of this in a negative way. And I am hoping and praying and doing my very best to help educate and destigmatize this plant so that way our communities can prosper from this plant also. So, you know, I think being out there, being present, you know, um, I have my podcast, The Green Baker Podcast, which is, you know, really all about talking to people about this plant, you know, their expertise, their stories, you know, at the end of the day, as much money, you know, we hear all of it. We hear all the news. We see what's going on. You know, the billions of dollars, the projected, you know, monetary income, you know, states deciding to legalize just to be able to help them out with the COVID crisis. You know, we hear these kinds of things day in and day out, you know, but at the end of the day, to me, this plant is still about the people. It's still about the community. It's still about the people that are using it and why, you know. Um, It's about educating the, the, the generation behind us and also educating the generation ahead of us. We have a very unique mission right now that we're in this place and this time. And I feel like that's my duty. It was my duty to educate my mom and to help educate my aunts and to help, you know, help my brothers that are out there that are feeling like, yo, I can't get into this, you know, to, to tell that, that dope boy that's still selling those dime bags and still selling those, you know, that, hey, let's do this, we can do this, it's okay, you yeah. know? And then educating our children so they're not brought up in the same scarcity model that we were brought up in, you know, in the same, oh, don't do drugs, drugs are bad, drugs are horrible, no. Miseducation is horrible. Misinformation is horrible. But the plant is not, you know, and oh, like everything. And cannabis isn't, I mean, it, it's a drug
1: as much as alcohol and Tylenol, and so that, that's another thing. Now I have, because I'm always respectful of time, and this part uh may or may not get on this episode, but I, I need to do a game overload with you, and so I may just cut it like that. <laughs>